The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. Okay. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Look at what? Oh, I was just looking at you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what people do. <laughs> Especially when they're sitting in the same room with each other. Nothing else to fucking look at. <laughs> well. <laughs> Bit of an inside joke here in the studio. Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities. Yeah. Vandalism here in the studios, but we'll get to that on a different show. Yes. I'm Marcus Parks. I am Jackie Zabrowski. And how are you doing today, Jackie? You excited about your upcoming vacation? I am very excited. I'm going out to uh, Los Angeles uh, tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go visit old big brother Henry out there. And... um. It's silly. I feel silly Mm -hmm. because I'm a little worried because I'm going to go out there and I'm going to meet a bunch of people that I've never met before that have all heard about me. And sometimes I feel like even if you are confident in yourself and sure of yourself, it's like I meet people all the time. But when you're in that kind of situation when when someone has talked about you before and you're going to go meet these people and realizing that they have expectations of who you are and uh, I'm nervous about living up to whatever picture he has painted of me, which I'm sure is a positive picture. Of course. Because Henry and I get along very well and obviously we are work partners and we're best friends, but it's still a little nerve-wracking. Yeah, it has to be. It's, it's nerve-wracking any time that you're going to meet somebody that uh, it, it's almost like, uh, say, you know, someone's in a long-distance relationship uh, and they've been telling their friends about this person that lives in Seattle for six months. It's like, oh, we met on a business trip and we've been talking this entire time and she's finally coming to visit me. And so that person is coming to visit uh, their significant other's friends for the first time. Uh, and it's kind of the same situation. I know Henry and I get compared to boyfriend and girlfriend <laughs> often, unfortunately. I did not mean to do that. <laughs> but it happens. I know it happens. I know I'm well aware. And halfway through that explanation, I realized she's going to bring that up. <laughs> I had to. How would I not bring that up? I know. I know that. But it's uh, the same type of situation where, yeah, you know, people have heard about you a lot and then you get there and you're not really sure how to act or what to do or anything like that. But think of it this way. I mean, there are tens of thousands of people out there listening right now that have never met you and these people know a large chunk of your life story. That's true. Like a huge chunk of your life story. Which is very scary sometimes to think about when you, you know, it's like when we do this, I feel like I'm just talking to you. Yeah. Not that it's scary that people know about it, but you know, it's it's definitely something I don't think about very often. No. no, no, no. Like the things I say and the things that I give out as you know that usually to most people is private information but I'm down to talk about it yeah and I'm down to talk about most everything that I talk about on here to anyone in person as well but I guess uh, I, I but then there's the worry that I feel that a lot of people have of even just meeting anyone's friends or a friend of yours that you've never met their other friends and things like that of trying too hard yeah of trying too hard to be funny and trying too hard to 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 meet this expectation and I realize that Part of this comes from working in a group atmosphere like Murder Fist that I've worked in for such a long time, rather than being like a stand-up or working by myself, is that I'm used to bouncing off of other people. Yeah. And being by yourself in a situation like that, like if I was going out there with Murder Fist, that's a different story. Yeah. Or even going out there with Ed. 
Right. And that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, if Ed was coming out, I wouldn't even possibly think about this. Because Ed doesn't think about those kinds of things because he's like, everybody likes me. Because <laughs> they do. Because they do. Because everyone loves Ed. Because he's the best. Yeah. But, you know, it's just something that I'm trying to not be inside of my head yeah. about it. And rather than, you know, getting nervous about it, I'm trying to accept the fact that this is something that I'm thinking about and acknowledge it and try to not be scared of it. And I know that once I get there, I'm sure everything will be fine. Yeah. And I'm just going to talk to people. Yeah. The way I always talk to people. Yeah. Just regular, normal fucking people. I mean, they're not regular, normal people. They're L.A. people, but they're comparable to New York people. Ah, (laughs) It's different. It's definitely different. I feel like every time I go out there, I'm not accepted by anyone. Yeah. That's another thing. It's why I don't live out there. Not that all people out there are like that. No. I have just definitely felt that. And all the times I've gone there, I feel like I don't fit in. Me too. I felt ridiculously out of place when I was there. Yeah, because you lived there for a while. A little bit. I mean, I would call it more of uh, an extended stay than actually living there. Okay. Uh, But, I mean, it was a couple of months. Uh, But it was definitely long enough for me to say, I hate this place and everything in it, and I want to leave as soon as I possibly can. And I feel that way pretty much every time I go there. And, I mean, this is a fun... This is a vacation out there. It's not yeah. work. I'm just going out there to have a good time. So I have to remember that I can't let the place take over my thoughts either. No. And the not fitting in and the not being pretty enough and not being cool enough and not being enough. And that's what I feel like every time I step off the plane there. I don't think it's anything like not being enough. It's not being what people out there expect or what they want from people. You know, it's, I think they want something completely different from people here in New York City. I think that, like in New York City, what people want is for you to get the fuck out of their way. Right. And that's easy. Like, that, that's something that you can do. You know, if people want something from you, it's usually pretty simple uh, here in New York City. But in L.A., maybe that's what I didn't like about it is that I never could figure out what anyone wanted. It seemed like nobody wanted anything and, except to be famous. Like, that was the only thing they wanted. I'd go around L.A., and I'd look at all these people, and they all looked so goddamn defeated. Everyone looked defeated. But here in New York, it's like, fucking, you've got something to do. You've got somewhere to go. Even if you hate what you're doing where you're going to, you're still fucking getting there. And you've still got a determination that you're doing it. But in L.A., there just didn't seem to be that urgency. Uh, And I couldn't cop to that lifestyle. I, I couldn't vibe with that lifestyle at all. Uh, and maybe that's maybe that's one of the reasons why we feel out of place there. One of the reasons why Henry feels, you know, you know, why the well, one of the reasons why we feel out of place there because it just doesn't it's not us. Right. And I feel that of all the places I've gone, it, it is one of the only places I've ever been that I feel that really lacks human interaction soul you know, i mean like even in new york it's like yeah you're whizzing by people but like sometimes you'll have you know a negative human interaction mm-hmm. sometimes you'll have a positive human act- interaction but you are so surrounded by people and in people all the time that you have to interact with a human you have to look someone in the eye and, and with the driving culture and the traffic and all that and that with everyone being so consumed with what they have to do out there i feel like there is no looking someone in the eye being like i recognize you as a human being rather than just someone that's i feel i'm looked at as like oh you're just not as good as me so i'm not going to acknowledge your presence yeah which it's like even so many bars i would go into that i couldn't get a drink because i wasn't pretty enough you know all the hot girls would get drinks and i would be standing there like hello 
And of course, if you say anything, that's so New York rather than LA that I'm like, they immediately will not give you a drink then. Yeah. Even if you say it nicely. And I'm like, I can't handle this. No. I can't handle being treated less than a human being. No. And and like I said, it's not all of LA, but it really is a good amount of it. As much as I experienced, definitely. And I think it's interesting. I weirdly just saw someone, it was like a status thing, that someone made a joke that they were on a plane to L.A. from JFK, and they said that she was looking around, and she's like, you can completely tell who's from New York and who's from L.A. when you're on a plane in between the two places. Yeah. It's very obvious the difference between the people. And But also, there's a lot of people that come from L.A. that like L.A. that don't like it here. Yeah. It's two very different places. Yeah, there are people that live in L.A. Like, I know certain comedians that have moved out to uh, L.A. that fucking hated it here. Yeah. That said, like, I can't believe you live in that fucking cesspool of a city. How can you stay there? You know, it's always warm in Los Angeles. You don't have to deal with people all the time. Like... Yeah, those are two things that I don't like about L.A. I like dealing with people all the time. I like cold. Yeah. I like different seasons. Like right. I like that type of shit. And I think that is, maybe that's just what it is, is that, that might be one of the reasons why you're uncomfortable out there, is that it has absolutely nothing to do with you as a person. It has more to do with you, or it has more to do with how you interact with people. And how they interact with people and the type of people that you interact with. And that's not to say that you're not going to interact uh, positively with anyone in L.A. It just means that there's a lot of people you might not react positively with in L.A. But the good news on that is that if uh, Henry uh, reacts with them well, then there's a pretty goddamn good chance that you're going to mesh well with them, as, you know, too. That's true. And I feel like that's what... Part of the reason when any uh, you know, anytime I think like oh maybe New York isn't for me I find that a lot of places I go I'm seen as very abrasive and loud mm -hmm. and it, to me I'm just who I am and it's hard to change but you have to remember that when you go into new environments if you go into different environments you have to learn how to adapt yourself yeah not change who you are but adapt yourself to it's like oh this place is different I shouldn't exact. I shouldn't act the way I act at the creek when I'm at this new place if I'm in Florida or if I'm in Texas or if I'm you have to learn how to adapt yourself to different places and people and I think that a lot of people have a hard time with that because they don't want to change who they are but I don't think if you don't view it as changing it changing who you are or being unhappy with who you are normally it's just how you get along in the world is learning how to adapt. It's maturity. That yeah. definitely comes with maturity. Yeah, you because know, that that's something that you think when you when you're younger. I think is like, man, fuck those guys. Like, it's who I, I am is who I am. Like, I ain't fucking changing for nobody. It's like you don't have to change who you are at your core. It's just different facets of yourself. It's uh, you know, there are many different versions of you. And there's not just one person that you are constantly all the time. If you are only one version of one person at all times, then you're not going to get very fucking far in life, period. And you're going to probably be living in your parents' basement. Uh, if you're just the one version of yourself, then that version is probably a child. Uh, and most of the time, you're not going to get past... Uh, not going to get to the point where you can pay your own bills or live outside of your mother taking care of you. You've got to be able to mature and to adapt to certain situations that arise. And just take it with stride. You know, it, as long as you're confident in who you are, then you'll be able to deal with 
any situation you find yourself in, even if you're uncomfortable, you know, you just, you get through it. And I think that it's a good idea. It's like things like this, even like what I was talking about last episode of going into that um, lingerie shoot and, and things like this where I'm not comfortable with it, but I need to learn how to be. Yeah. And that's okay. You should learn how to be uncomfortable, it's how good. to get used to being uncomfortable. It's good to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. That's how you grow. Yeah, man. And especially with someone that is riddled with anxiety, you know, a lot of people don't even worry about what I'm worrying about, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like (laughs) that this, but even if you don't have an anxiety problem, you worry about this shit. You just want to be liked, Mm -hmm. you know, and whether you think that you think that or not, everyone wants to be liked at the core. And it's a hard thing to really deal with, you know, if someone doesn't immediately like you. It's very hard to deal with. But another thing to also think is that most people aren't thinking about you. Right. Most people are thinking about themselves. Themselves. You know, most people are thinking about what you think of them. That's, uh, I mean, that's going to be the thing is that it's not just, this doesn't just go one way. You know, it's not just, you know, you saying, I hope that, you know, my brother's, you know, new friends like me. They're also saying, I hope my friend's sister likes me. It's going both ways, you know, it's everyone that, you know, at the end of the day, most of us are, you know, self-centered creatures as far as it comes, as far as social interaction goes. Uh, So that's another, that's one thing that has helped me throughout the years and gaining confidence and because I've got some social anxiety issues and gaining confidence in social interactions. One of the things that, that helps me is to just remember that. Mo- almost nobody in this room is thinking about me right now. No one in this room is actively thinking about what I'm doing. They're thinking about what they're doing. They're in their own head. They're in their own world. It has nothing to do with me. So I'm just going to calm the fuck down and I'm not going to worry about it. And if you have to say that inside your head, it's okay. Yeah, I still yeah, say it inside like, my head. Yeah. <laughs> I still say it inside my head. It's like, uh, what was that? What's going on? Is that? Okay, no, no one's thinking about you. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. No one cares. No one cares. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's uh, you know, that is uh, something that I've had to repeat to myself over and over again over the years. Just no one cares. No one cares. Because no. it's true. Yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah, nobody cares. And, you know, and some people might see that as a, as a negative thing. It's like... It's funny. I saw it as like, I know some people are like, oh, fuck, no one cares about me. But I saw it as a positive thing. Like, holy shit, no one cares about me. Exactly. Like, yeah. it, was, it was liberating yeah. to, finally, to finally realize that, that, that actually, no, nobody cares about my shit. Because that also, like in the context of what you're saying, you're not saying that no one cares about you emotionally. No. You know, it's referring to no one cares about what you do. Yeah. Unless it's something that is bad for you or something that is, you know, self-harming or, or harmful to others, then they care. Yeah. But other than that, it's like, if you want to wear camo shorts and shooties like I'm wearing right now, <laughs> I don't look very good. You look fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> this is what I'm wearing. This is what I did. Yeah. And fucking nobody cares because I have clothes on. Nobody cares. But my shirt does keep opening. All the buttons keep opening. All so, of them? Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know those shirts when you have a shirt? I'm like, why don't I wear this? Mm-hmm. And then uh, I looked down at work and all the buttons were open. So mm-hmm. Marcus should let me know if all my buttons are open. I won't. Oh, come on. <laughs> I won't notice. Yeah, right. And <laughs> yeah, with these goods. Oh, these smoking goods over here packaged meat. All right, all right. <laughs> Ever since I became a lingerie model, you know, I'm just sporting. Yeah. Sporting my packages of bologna. <laughs> 
Uh, showing off your meats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I wish I had multiple meats. <laughs> I wish my stomach was a turducken. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to our letters All for right. today. Uh, oh, before we get to the letters, we talked about it at the end of last episode, uh, of the last episode, but we're going to talk about it in the middle of this time. We have started a thing called Patreon. It's a site called Patreon.com. And what Patreon is is a service that lets fans give money to people who put things out for free, like us. What you can do is you can uh, make a pledge to pay so much per episode. Like You can choose to give a dollar per episode, two dollars, however much you want. But every time we put out an episode, uh, we get a dollar from you. And if we get enough of the, if we get enough people donating to us, uh, then we're going to be able to start doing two episodes a week, which is why you're getting two episodes this week. A little bit of a preview of things to come uh, if we uh, get enough, if we raise enough money for this. So if you want to donate, uh, the uh, address is Patreon. That's P A T R. E-O-N, patreon.com slash sex and other human activities. And if you donate $10 or more per episode, then you get. Cat chat. Cat chat. It's cat chat with Jackie Zabrowski. She's talking about cats. <laughs> Don't have a cat. Would love a cat, but I love cats. Yeah. And so you get an episode of cat chat once a month of ga- uh, of Jackie looking at pictures of cats and describing them to you. We'll also post all the pictures yes. or send them to you. Yes. Send them to you. You will get a full package. You will get the episode and cat pictures attached. Hell yeah. Jackie's favorite cats. Yes. But let's so let's get to our letters for today. If you have a letter for us, uh, you can write to us at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. What are we calling this first, lady? Mm, candy corn. Mm, candy corn. Ooh, it's almost Halloween. It's almost Halloween. Uh, uh, this is just a quick side note. I don't give a fuck about candy corn. Not this candy corn, the person writing in. Yeah. I mean candy corn, the candy corn. I enjoy However, it. In a bowl, put candy corn and peanuts as a mixture, and it's delicious. Ooh. It's like it's like tastes almost like chocolate. I don't Ooh. know. It's very weird and very delicious. What kind of peanuts? Just regular peanuts. Pe- just peanuts. Peanuts, man. Salted yeah. peanuts. Put it in the candy corn. Tastes great. It's a cheap little snack. Huh. Well, there I'm gonna go. have to try Good that. Luck. For we are in the full swing of candy corn season. Hell yeah, we are. Oh, I've been eating a lot of candy lately. Yeah, we got a big old <laughs> my sour, sour patch, patch kids. kids here. Jake Young brought me these, but still, Halloween candy. Hell yeah. All right, this is from Candy Corn. Dear Jackie and Marcus, I've been wanting to write in and respond to your episode titled Rat Maze, but haven't found myself ready to put that into the right words yet. I'm writing now because I just listened to Stop Bad Switch and am finding myself using it already. I'm really tired and can't get to sleep, so that always leads to restless, grumpy thoughts. I found my brain circling around thoughts like nothing in my life has really changed. Maybe it's actually worse right now, and that maybe it's just my medication making it easier easier to ignore things and not really me changing, that everything is just too overwhelming to figure out anymore, etc. I didn't like these thoughts, of course, and was getting upset by them. Then I remembered, no, stop, bad switch. I didn't have anything else to think about as my brain had effectively shut out everything else, so I wrote to you to distract myself instead. I really want to thank you guys for Sex and Other Human Activities. I've never listened to something I've identified to so much. There really isn't the right words to express how much this show has helped me out. So keep up the good work, guys. You are much loved. Candy corn. 
Thank you so much. Ah, thank you so much. Thank that's you. that I is mean, such a sweet fucking letter. And also, how do you feel about that? As a, I, I mean, I think that's awesome that in your stop at switch that you decided to write an email. You're right. Like no, if you if you can't really grasp a positive thought, do something else. Mm-hmm. Switch it up. You know, I mean, exactly. that, like it doesn't have to be something entirely just a positive thought. It could be a positive action. It could be anything. It could be writing in a journal. It could be organizing your books. It could be anything to get your mind off of what you were thinking about. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it, that's amazing. That's great. That's so fucking good. And the, and the thought of like, maybe it's just my medication making it easier to ignore things and not really me changing. That's something to struggle with right there. I mean that that is definitely something that that's a thought that uh that I know I've struggled with yes. quite a bit. You know, is it is the medication just making me numb and making me able to uh, ignore uh, these problems in my life, or are things actually getting better? Uh, and I think you probably know the difference. Like, I think really, like if you're having that thought, then usually that means that things actually. You actually are changing. You because are like that's one of those tear those that's one of those self destructive tear down thoughts uh, that he, you when you're trying to go to sleep at night. When you're trying, and also when you're trying actively trying to change, because think that like if you were numb, you wouldn't even be thinking about that. Yeah. And and if it was something that the, that the medication was making you shut it all out, you that thought wouldn't even enter your mind. Yeah, it's like people who worry that they're sociopaths. If you're worried that you're a sociopath, you're, you're not a sociopath by definition. Yes. If you're <laughs> if you're like worried about it, then by definition you're not a sociopath. But actually, it does like calm me down. I, I understand. It's like when those anxiety questions come in. If exactly, but just try and remember that and try to switch like as part of your switching is thinking of that like, Mm. well, I wouldn't even be aware of the fact that I could possibly be changing if I was completely numb. And that was, you know, part of the reason of, you know, when talking about the medication I used to be on that wouldn't work is I didn't even realize that I was numb. Yeah. Until I, you know had a horrible fight with a boyfriend that I'd been with for years and years uh, that he realized the changes that were happening because I didn't even know. Yeah. And that's the danger of it. But if you're questioning it, you're moving in the right direction. And obviously you're actively working on it. And I think that you're doing a great job. Yeah. And say like, ignore it, like making it easier to ignore things. I also, like, you know, ask yourself like, are those actually, are those things actually worth ignoring? Like it could be that there are, you know, when you're in depression, you have anxiety and things like that. Like there are some things that you will sit there and worry about and fret about that you don't need to, that should actually be Be ignored. ignored. Just look at these things. Look at the thing. If you feel like you're ignoring some things, look at what you feel like you're ignoring and decide for yourself whether it's having a negative effect on your life or a positive one. If ignoring them is having a positive effect on your life, then awesome if ignoring them is having a negative effect on your life or if it's holding you back somehow then actively work on them uh the medication isn't going to stop you from actively working on things you know it's it's sure it might make you numb but like jackie said if you're thinking about it then it's not so bad all right well let's move on to our next lever lever let's move on to i said lever oh lever lover litter ditter all right. What are we going to call this girl? Mm, snick, snack. <laughs> snick, snack. 
Hey, Marcus and Jackie. I'm 17 and I love the show. I'm from Melbourne, Australia, so you guys can say you have an international reputation. Yeah. And we do say that. On the Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my backstory is that I have generalized anxiety, and a few years back I was having panic attacks before school every five days. But then I went to a doctor and we worked on a method that I now have to avoid triggers. I get depressed sometimes, blah, blah, blah. You guys know this story. My question is on sexuality, and I'm confused like most 17-year-olds. I just feel nothing when it comes to sexuality or sexual arousal. I think women and men are beautiful, and I like fantasizing about sex, but I've kissed boys and I feel nothing at all. Really, I just feel depressed after, because I have no emotional and sexual feeling. I masturbate, and it just feels uncomfortable and hurts a lot. Does it sound like I'm asexual? I've done some online research in asexuality slash pansexuality slash bisexuality. I know only I can answer this question, but I have no fucking idea what's happening to me. I guess I just want someone to tell me what I'm feeling, even though that's unreasonable. All of my friends masturbate and enjoy it. I don't know who to talk to about this. They were nice about it, but they told me to see a doctor. Thanks for reading my rambling email. You guys are great and honest, and your show is a good thing. From Snake Stack. I know this sounds silly, but I would say don't worry about it. And I know that's a really, like, I feel like especially we, like, sex is such an important thing that I feel like it's shoved down all of our throats and shoved down is like, well, you should want this. You should want these things. You should masturbate. You should be doing it. It's healthy. You have to do all these things. But if you don't want to do it and it's not something that you're really into, it's okay. Yeah. It's like, especially, like, think, God in the generation that we're all living in now, then it's okay to be you. If you're not into it, don't do it. Yeah. And I know that it's a hard thing to hear, especially being 17 and like surrounded by the hub of hormones. And that is the time when people start revving really hard into relationships and into all that shit. But I also knew someone that considered herself asexual for a really long time until she met a dude when she was 25 years old and fell completely in love with him. Yeah. And she was never into any of it. And then found someone that she fell in love with. And they got married last year. Really? Yeah. Wow. And it's like, for her, it took a long time for her to let it go. Because it is a big thing, because a lot of people make you feel like it's a big thing. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it's not. There's a lot of people out there, a lot of people even in relationships and things like that, that don't really have sex. Yeah. That aren't really into it, and they found someone else that's not really into it, and that's okay. Yeah. That are just there for life partnerships, for friendships. And if if that's not something that you're even looking for, or something that you find yourself that you're not into, you don't have to label it. And unless you, if you want to talk to someone, if you want to talk to a therapist, it doesn't hurt. It definitely will help if you want to get these thoughts out. But everyone is normal. Yeah. You know, it's like, it is it is all up to you and how you feel and what makes you, you. Yeah. And it's okay. Hey, if you masturbate and it feels uncomfortable and it hurts a lot, I mean, maybe you're doing it wrong. That's also a possibility. Maybe you've got a, I mean, there could be a, a, an actual like medical condition going on here. Uh, but I mean, maybe you're doing it wrong. I don't know. You say you talk to your friends about it and, you know, they say that they're nice about it. But 
I don't know. I mean, th- that is a possibility, but also I know certain, I know some women that didn't masturbate for the first time until they were in their late twenties, Yeah, you know, and other women who didn't have their first orgasm until their early thirties. So, and so that's not, I know like, you know, a lot of girls do start masturbating whenever they're younger and, you know, and it, I guess, continues uh, along on a very smooth path. Not everyone has that, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with, you know, not having that smooth, straight path straight to orgasm land, you know, and straight into happy relationships and all that other bullshit. You know, not everyone has that. Not everyone has that uh, that advantage, uh, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with it, and you don't need to feel anxiety about it. You don't need to become obsessed about it. You can just focus on other things. Right now, you don't have to worry about sex and all that type of shit at this point in your life. Just focus on other things. Focus on getting into college. And then once you get into college, focus on your classes. Don't think about this shit because it's going to happen eventually. It's going to, something's going to happen eventually. Don't worry about it. And also, I mean, the whole, like, female masturbation is a much trickier thing than male masturbation. God, it's like that Hellraiser box. It is. I mean, it's definitely something that is a very, it's very, very sensitive. And of course, obviously, you know that. But I I remember, I mean, it hurts at first because you don't realize how soft of a touch you have to use, Mm -hmm. especially if you've never experienced an orgasm before, especially if you're new to it, that it's something that, like, at first, you have to go very, very slow and, and really find yourself in masturbation and just jumping into it is difficult for a lot of women to do yeah and and honestly i think it's uncomfortable for the definitely first few times you do it until you realize how to do it yeah Uh, i remember i did it wrong for years (laughs) i did i remember just like watching porns like because especially in soft core porn like women masturbating isn't like rubbing a clit. It's like both their hands are down there and they're like yeah. making their lips like look like they're kissing, you know, like like yeah. like rubbing your lips together. And I did that for like a year and a half. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm masturbating. Yeah, I'm orgasming. It's like I wasn't orgasming. I didn't know how to masturbate. But in watching softcore porn on Skinamax, I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Yeah. And you're you might even I mean, in these days, you know, porn is so amazingly uh prevalent and you know and it's so easy to get a hold of is you might be watching women uh in porn masturbate which, which is they do it hard and fast fucking like like i mean it is like she's trying to fucking wipe a stain out of there like a real deep grease stain like no it is a very delicate type of thing that takes a delicate touch that's also personally when when I remember first starting to sleep with men and when they would try and touch me down there at all, I'm like, no, 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 no. Because it was just so hard and yeah. forceful yeah. because that's what porn makes it look like you're supposed to do. Yeah. And it is not. Mm-mm. It is very, you go very, very soft. Yeah. Because it hurts yeah. very easily. And you work your way up to something a little bit more vigorous. But what they do in porn, just remember, pretty much, okay, pretty much everyone out there 
that grew up watching porn. That I know there's a lot of people uh, out there that you know that grew up watching porn. I know I did personally. Yeah, uh, I did too. Yeah, yeah. Grew up definitely grew up watching porn. Even outside of the internet age, I had a huge VHS collection. I was known as the porn guy. Yeah, because I had a big VHS were. collection. I had a huge magazine collection. I was just that guy who always had the porn. Uh, but the way I can describe porn is this: porn versus real sex. I can compare it to silent movies versus talkies. <laughs> like, you know, in silent movies, how every single action is so exaggerated, how everybody's got on way too much makeup and every action is exaggerated because they have to emote so much more through just physical action. Right. But once talkies came around, they were able to calm down a lot. They were able to convey a subtler emotions and so therefore they were better movies and more true to real life and what you're actually supposed to be doing that's how porn is porn is extremely exaggerated sex ridiculously exaggerated sex uh, because they're trying to convey pure lust like they're not trying to convey emotion or anything like that they're trying to convey the biggest extreme of sex itself so that's not what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to fuck like a porn star. You're not supposed to take a dick out of the pussy and shove it right into the ass and just start fucking jam slamming it, jam it, jam it, jamming it, it, slamming it as hard as you can. Uh, and you're not supposed to come on a woman's face every single time you come. Yeah. that's. I hear that's a thing now. Like where kids think that's what you have to do. It's come like, on a face? That's how sex ends. Really? Yeah. I mean, they do always come on a face, but that's because uh, yeah. you can't see it otherwise. <laughs> you can't say a man come if he doesn't come on a face in the t in the silent movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear that's the thing. The kids just come on faces now. That's not, yeah, coming on the face, like that's a, you know, that's a special thing. You don't do that every time. I also heard that, like, it is a big thing that, like, a lot of boys expect to be sucked off for 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, to get a blowjob for, like, 20 minutes the way it happens in a porn. Huh. Like, that hurts your yeah. job after yeah. a while. <laughs> and it's not something that most people can do for that long. Hell, eating pussy for 20 minutes hurts your job. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah. It's like, it's not, that's not real life. Yeah. You know? Porn is not real life. That is a very, very important thing to remember is that porn is not real life. It's not even close to real life. No. Uh, I mean, it's close to real life in the fact that, you know, the all the anatomy and all that type of shit yes. is the same, you know, and the general principle is still the same. But it could be, back to, uh, to Snick Snack, it could be that you're taking your cues from the wrong place, from the and wrong And also just from form. other... It's hard to... Constantly compare yourself to other people's sexual drive and other people's sexual attraction because it's a very personal thing mm -hmm. and it's not something that you really need to force and it's hard I don't know what your situation is with like parents and things like that I remember you know I like I was weirdly judged for not having a boyfriend even though she didn't even know what I was doing outside of the house mm -hmm. obviously but <laughs> it, it it was it's something that I was and I mean, still to this day, comparing myself to other people's sexual lives. Yeah. And it is such a personal choice. And it's hard not to compare. I mean, I'm 10 years older than you and I'm still doing it. Yeah. You know, it's still something that I concern myself with. It's like, oh, am I having enough sex? Am I doing it? Like, am I adventurous enough? Am I doing all this? It's like, 
it doesn't matter. My life is my life, and your life is your life. And if this isn't something that you find that is compelling you right now, you don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. And if it's something that bothers you, then talk to a therapist about it. But yeah. I don't think it's something you should worry about. Nah. And I know that's real. I mean, again, that's like saying, like, don't worry about it. It's not a thing. Of course, it's a, something that's very pressing on your mind. Yeah. But I just want to let you know that, like, really try and remember that it's nobody's fucking business. Yeah. Unless it's really bothering you, then you can do something about it. But, and I'm glad that your friends are being so nice about it too, but also it's not their fucking business either. Yeah, no shit. I mean, yeah, I mean, work on your anxiety right now. Right, Like work that's something you. to work on. You know, you say, I now have to avoid triggers. Work on dealing with that instead of just avoiding everything. Right. Work on that. You know, like the whole trigger thing, like work on dealing with shit as it comes because you're not going to be able to avoid everything all the time. Uh, And you can't require every single person around you to avoid those triggers just to make your life as easy as it possibly can be. And that's what you should be talking to someone about. That's what you should be talking to somebody about. Not to, you know, not worrying all the time how to avoid the triggers, how to fucking deal with those things. Because... Life isn't going to go away. No. The, this whole trigger bullshit, it, it gets on me. I mean, it's, it okay, does. And I, I'm sorry. I, I hate to say bullshit. Like, it's, it's, that de- it definitely, it, it, I hate to say bullshit, but it does kind of get on me. I understand a bit, exactly you know? how you feel because I remember avoiding so many things. I'm like, well, that's my trigger. Yeah. Well, that's my trigger. The problem is that I understand that if it's a huge thing, like if it's a violent trigger, sure, those are things that you should avoid. But when it comes to anxiety and that kind of thing, like it's not trigger, it's life. It's life situations that are, that sure, it's triggering it, but that should be something that rather than seeing it as something that is feared and avoided, it should be something that is dealt with and worked on instead. Yeah. Absolutely. And if anybody out there has any, if you can enlighten me a little bit about the trigger business, you know, that type of stuff, you know, give me examples of what, you know, what certain triggers can be like. I understand, you know, watching certain, like maybe watching a a film that has a particularly violent scene in it, like that could be some sort of trigger. But if you have something a little outside of the norm, then email us at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com because I'm, I'm interested in this. Like I'm saying, cause right now I am skeptical about it from what I've read, uh, other people talking about and things like that. Like I'm, I'm a little skeptical on it right now. So if I'm being an asshole, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. And we'll talk about this further because I think this is a, an interesting thing for us to talk about on this Definitely. show, you know, cause we've, we've all got the things that spin us off into space. Uh, but I'd like to know there's like people who truly believe in this. Uh, yeah. Cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. Let us know. All right. Well, I All think right. that's what we got for today. Hell yeah. Uh, remember to go to patreon.com slash sex and other human activities uh, to uh, donate some cash per episode so we can get up to doing two episodes a week. If you dug having two episodes a week, it can happen. We just need to get uh, a, little a little bit, bit of, of help. A little bit of help from you. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much. Thank you. Have and a thank g- you for writing in. Have a great week. Goodbye.